Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody. Episode number 42, the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, and MBG. Week two of the college football season is in the books. Once again, the game's delivered. Lots of highlights, lots of upsets. Kick things off this week. We thought we'd go around and talk about our biggest surprises from week two. So, Casey, want to start us off? Why can't I ever just stay with within the rules here i, I don't know i, I always make, make my own rules, rules here <laughs> i think my biggest surprise and this is no shade at, at the sec is just the how they haven't really performed up to the narrative i guess uh that espn shoves down our throats and anybody else a lot of sec fans you look at their out of conference games lsu lost to florida state a good florida state team obviously bama lost to texas an, another good team at home a&M loses to Miami, South Carolina to North Carolina, Florida loses to Utah, Vandy loses to Wake Forest, week three, Missouri plays Kansas State, Vandy plays UNLV, Arkansas plays BYU, there's some losable games again, I'm just really surprised at the how the, the cream of the crop, the SEC conference, just hasn't really fared too well in out-of-conference games this year, early, and we're only in week two. Did you, you mention that LSU Florida State game? Yeah, he did. Thanks so much. Did you want to at me, Casey? Like, did you just want to come for my throw early in the show? Or you did I, see I, a very good my, FSU team. So I put it right through. I put it first so that I just skim over it. I was yeah. hoping that maybe, maybe with the no time wonder. and everything that you might not, have, you might have been yawning through that. It's okay. Part the MB, all of MBG's teams that he signed, or one of them be. MBG scenes that he signed in an IL deal with lost this week to us. That's right. That's right. That was his favorite. Speaking of which, Joy, what was your biggest surprise from week two? It had to have been the University of Miami. It was the greatest surprise I've experienced in quite a while. There are a few things I love more, I think we all know this, than watching Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher lose. And especially after really? being on this podcast for the last month and having the Texas and the Texas A&M agenda just shoved down my throat as if he had signed the cult membership in his own blood. I was really grateful to see A&M take a giant L in Miami. Obviously, I'm an ACC guy, but that one definitely surprised me. I did not think Miami was going to beat Texas A&M. I didn't either. ACC, baby. Right, Casey? I didn't want it to happen, though. I didn't <laughs> want it to happen. I grew up a Miami fan. I grew up rooting for them, like crying if they'd lose games. Right. I don't want them to win another game ever. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Texas A&M won that thing by three or four scores pretty yeah, easy. I thought they would kill them. Yep. You're in a attacked, huh? Yep. Yep. All right, MBG, what do you have? Mine was probably, I don't know why, but I thought Texas Tech would beat Oregon after they lost that game to Wyoming and they had Oregon coming in opening game at home. I expected more out of Texas tech. They obviously expected more out of themselves. I really thought that they would, that they would win that game, but that's a good win for Oregon. That's a tough place to win. And Oregon looked pretty good. So that would be my biggest surprise. 
Yeah, and I'm going with the, the biggest game of the week. I, I thought Bama would beat Texas. I thought it would be a close game, but I did not think Texas was going to win. Instead, Texas handed them their worst home loss since 2004, which is wild. That <laughs> I, I just can't imagine going 19 years and your worst home loss is a 10 points. 10 point loss. It's crazy. <laughs> I saw something else that said, and I'm going somewhere with this, that three of the last five quarterbacks to beat Saban and Tuscaloosa have won the Heisman. So Cam Newton, Johnny uh, Manziel, and Joe Burrow. So after two weeks, MBG is looking like Nostradamus, right? Yeah, Texas. I was going to say, did you hear anybody ever say that Quinn Ewers might win the Heisman? Yeah, I Listen, that was the whole reason I threw it in there. So after two weeks, Texas has a huge <laughs> win. Quinn, I, I searched on Twitter for Quinn Ewers Heisman, and he's on a lot of lists very early on. But MBG, I'm a little sour I didn't put money on this. I need to start listening to you more. There's no way Texas doesn't make the playoffs. I know I just jinxed them because their schedule is so easy from here on out. Oklahoma is really the only hurdle. Joy, go ahead and write it down in Sharpie. Here we go. I didn't expect their defense to be as as good as it was. It's good. Yeah, Yeah, that one was a shocker. Crazy that none of us even mentioned the Colorado game, right? Because that one, I mean, I, I have money on the Nebraska money line, and I feel like an idiot. Because that I watched that whole game, and first half was close, except for the turnovers. Second half was not close at all. I mean, it was it got ugly. Yeah, I mean, Dion's availed himself of everything that he said he was going to do. I mean, I, Dion is going to come up. I have a feeling on almost every show <laughs> that we do. How can he not? Yeah, How can I he mean, not? it's it's crazy right now. Yep. All right. So next up, we have our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from frequent contributor and friend of the podcast at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Here's his question. Starts it off with, okay, let's get weird and morbid. You're in the movie The Purge. Which head coach's house are you going to first? So I've only seen one of the Purge movies. For those, for anyone who doesn't know, the concept of the movies is every year there's an event called The Purge when all crime, including murder, is decriminalized for a 12-hour period. So I feel like we should start off by saying none of us, as far as I know, are looking to murder any coaches. And I'm also going to expand this beyond head coaches because mine's an assistant. Um, But (laughs) just want to give that caveat before before we start answering this. So, Casey, who's your your visit to when the purge starts? So I think I may surprise some people here because I think people that know the show and know me would probably think it would be like Shane Beamer or somebody like that but I'm actually a little pre-story of right it's always story time with me I tend to be like a more goofy dude that gets along with everybody except like a certain type there's a certain type I can't necessarily put my finger on what the type is but there are two head coaches that I feel fall into this type and that's Kirby Smart and Ryan Day. I, I just again I smug, visor wearing, bowl cut having, <laughs> Eddie Munster looking dudes. I just I feel like like we wouldn't have anything to really talk about or connect with. So I'd probably um visit them. I I like the idea of you picking your purge victims based on their headwear. That seems <laughs> that seems hilarious. Five o'clock shadow having. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Joy. I have a guess. I love when you tell me what your guess is, and then I tell you that you're wrong. So, what's your guess? My guess is Jimbo. 
It's Except for I think you would literally kill him. So, oh, okay. No, I'm not going to need to kill him because his cult members are going to kill him pretty soon if he don't <laughs> learn how to win a game. So it's I don't really need to kill him. Mine would be Les Miles. There is not a coach in the history of America that I have less respect for than Les Miles. <laughs> I think he's a bad person. I think he's a bad coach. If we want to talk about someone that rode the coattails, I've never met anyone that rode Nick Saban's coattails harder than Les Miles, who won a natty with all of his players and then tried to just brag about it for years and years to come. I can't stand him. I think he's a horrible person. I hope he chokes on grass one of these days. <laughs> so he is who I would kill in the purge. He's gone from he wears a visor to he's a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is. There's a reason he's not coaching anywhere else right now. Right. Yeah, it is interesting. He hasn't won too many lawsuits. One deal where there's there's fire, and I know for a fact there's fire. So he could die in one, and I'd be okay. (laughs) Holy Moses! Julie's going with the actual purge. All right, MBG, who you got? Well, mine. I picked mine based on a coach that I really want to know what he's like, and that's PJ Fleck. I want to see because he doesn't seem like the his public persona is really the same as who he is when he's home. Plus, I want to see if he's got some extra faces hiding around in his house because You're I sit around. I, I guess he's got like a he's probably got like a freezer in there. We just got like five or six different faces he puts on. <laughs> it's like that movie Face Off. Remember that exactly. One? <laughs> exactly. Like Walt Disney. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He seems like a weird dude. I'd kind of like to see what's going on in there. Yep. Mine's not nearly as fun or interesting, but it's heartfelt. So mine is Vanderbilt current defensive coordinator, Nick Howe, who prior to joining Vanderbilt's staff, uh, he was our defensive coordinator. And he oversaw what I swear was the worst tackling defense in the history of college football in 2021. You guys might remember that was the year our offense broke almost every school record. Our quarterback threw for 4,500 yards, had 40 total touchdowns. We averaged 35 points a game, and we ended up finishing 6-6 six and six because we couldn't stop anyone. My personal favorite was when we – in MBG, this one was probably – you probably even dislike this one. We put up 35 and a quarter against BYU and lost by three scores, which doesn't even <laughs> seem possible. <laughs> I just, remember that game very vividly. It was just obscene. Also, the, the rumor is, I have no idea if this is true, that part of the reason Bronco Mendenhall resigned was that he's being pressured to fire Hal but refused to do so. And the reason that wouldn't surprise me, he's an incredibly um, loyal guy. But basically, it's just been easy for me to blame Nick Hal for everything that's gone wrong with our program over the last two years. So, oh, and by the way, the, the footnote to this is Vanderbilt gave up 36 points a game last year, and that was mm-hmm. 125th out of 131 FBS schools. So he hasn't gotten any better. Nick Howell is from Smithfield, Utah, just outside of Logan. Sorry. Just FYI. <laughs> That's I don't want to kill him for what it's worth. I just he, want to give him a stern talking to. That's all. He's a, he's a BYU guy, so do with him what you want. <laughs> what, he couldn't get into Utah State? Probably. That was probably it. All right, well, that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference mascot, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. I am still bitter about our last vote. That was a tie. 
Joy's nominee, Florida, won in a close race, finishing with 31% of the vote, somehow beating out the Chicago White Sox fat roll shooter, who only got 29%. (laughs) Casey's nominee, Shane Beamer, finished in third with 23%, and MBG's nominee, Texas Tech, got 17%. So Joy is on a roll. I'm still uh, in the lead with 11 wins. Joy has nine. Casey has six. MBG is still improbably sitting on zero. You're now 0-26. <laughs> for reference, I have a good one for you this week, MBG. For reference, you've now matched my buddy, Vanilla Thunder. We've been doing a, a fantasy football league with uh, my other idiot college friends for 26 years, and he's the only one of us who's never won the league. Even our buddy, <laughs> Sergeant Party, has won a championship, and he auto-drafts every year. So, <laughs> so you... You once again are in fine company, MBG. The best of company. That's I, can't right. be, I can't even be mad about that one. <laughs> All right, Casey, here you going with this week. This week, my genius of the week is Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby. I don't know if you guys saw this, but we tend to talk about Art Bryles a good bit on this show. And he happens to be Jeff Lebby's father in law. But there's kind of like an unwritten rule down there at Oklahoma that said, you know, keep Art Browse kind of away from the program because obviously it brings up some bad press. What does Jeff Levy do is bring Art Browse right onto the field after the game and and then doubles down and says, that's my father-in-law. He's my father-in-law. That's the grandfather to my two kids. So he was down with our entire family after the game, well after the game. Doesn't say maybe, you know, maybe it's a bad look. Maybe I should have held them in the press room or something where no one or press room they're going to see them but it's somewhere else like hide them a little bit if you're going to do like the whole family get together family gathering thing it was just a bad look for jeff levy a bad look now for brent venables joe castiglione and the whole texas a or no where texas am i where am i oklahoma (laughs) team and fan base it's okay. I would associate a bad face with A&M, too. So it's okay. Jeff Levy is my genius of the week. Do better, so, Jeff. Did you see – so MBG obviously had some posts about that, and Oklahoma fans once again just lost their <laughs> <laughs> going after MBG. <laughs> I jumped in. I jumped into one thing, and it, and I got out real quick. I mean, they, they are so convinced that you have it out for them. They're like, they're like counting how many times you've posted their stuff. They scroll like, past 15 Clemson posts to say, oh, you, <laughs> you did two Oklahoma posts. Right, right. It's hilarious. Which just, as you said, makes you want to do it even harder. So, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right, Joy, you keep winning this dang thing. Who do you have this week? I don't think I'm going to win this week. And I just want y'all to know how hard this one is for me because I feel like I'm betraying my own people. But my genius of the week is Jamar Chase. And if you don't know, the Bengals played the Browns this past week. And earlier in the week, Jamar, they asked him about the game, and he said, it feels like a regular game to me. It doesn't feel any different. It's just the hooping and a hollering because they're the Browns. I was about to call them elves. I don't really hear it. If you ask me, I don't really pay attention to it because Cleveland is Cleveland. And then the Bengals proceeded to absolutely blow – the game it was like one of their worst losses in history and jamar decides to double down on his comment after the game and said it's frustrating because i just called they ass elves and we <laughs> <talked to them laughs> i like that 
I kind of like the double down. I appreciate that. So I love Jamar so much. He's great. But, you know, you just can't. This is why I hate, like, stop talking trash before games because you just never know what the heck's going to happen. So for that, Jamar is my genius of the week for losing to some damn elves. I thoroughly, as a Ravens fan, I thoroughly enjoyed the Bengals losing. I was not expecting that one. Me either. All right, MEG, is this the week? Yep, lock it in. (laughs) (laughs) Because my genius of the week this week is a gentleman named Pete Sousa. Pete Sousa (laughs) is at SEC Network play-by-play announcer. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was making, he was doing the Kentucky game and he made a comment about Kentucky running back Ray Davis. And this was his comment. So if you haven't heard it, just, just buckle up. <laughs> this is word for word what he said. He said, there is Ray Davis, 51 yards on that drive alone, running and receiving. He's a guy transferring over from Vanderbilt. Nine months ago, when he jumped in the portal, everybody wanted him. 11 years ago, as a foster kid, really nobody wanted him. And now here he is. Found some love, found football, and he has had an amazing journey. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I mean it's terrible, but it's, <laughs> it's hilarious, right? I mean, yeah, maybe, I mean, I'm, just, I'm, not, maybe I mean, I'm just a bad person. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, you always say how you like socially awkward situations. That's exactly right. One of those. I mean, I didn't hear it live. I'm not sure what what the play-by-play guy, how he responded to that. I'm guessing you just kind of ignore it and keep on going. For pointing out that when Ray Davis was a foster kid that nobody wanted him for 11 years, I think Mr. Sousa is my genius of the week. The thing is, the content is bad, but the segue was MBG-esque, though, right? (laughs) I mean, it's actually – it's an impressive – Segue. Well, he just he had to like, the wrong thing. I mean, he had to have like written it down at some point in his game notes. It was like, hey, make sure you get out there that this kid went 11 years and nobody wanted him. <laughs> no one loved him. Good lord. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now Casey, he's got some love. Right. There's a reason I'm the only one laughing. That's exactly why. <laughs> All right. So I called this one as soon as this drops. I'm going with Mel Tucker. This is a tough one. I have to dance around this a little bit, but I, I think I figured out a way to do it where it's not uncomfortable. <laughs> two years ago, less than two years ago, Michigan State was 8-0, number three in the country. Soon after that, Tucker signed a 10-year, $95 million contract. Since then, he's gone 10-9. and Calls for his termination have grown louder and louder. However, yesterday, things went from bad to worse. Tucker was suspended with pay, I think with pay, pending a hearing after allegations that he sexually harassed a consultant who was consulting with them, uh, helping with educating on uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault. And if you guys saw today, Tucker actually issued a statement that, I mean, I guess he thinks he's helping himself, but I don't know. You MBG, you know this. You never help yourself <laughs> doing stuff like this. He basically came out and he denied harassing this woman and claimed that they were in a consensual relationship, which, I mean, obviously we have no idea what happened, but even assuming everything he says is true, allegedly, you know, taking your wiener out while talking to a sex harassment advisor when you're married and putting the $77 million left on his contract in jeopardy is like the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And, And most Michigan State fans are, I mean, they already wanted him gone and now they definitely want him gone. So I don't, I don't see him ever being on the sideline again for Michigan State. So for that, Mel Tucker and his disappearing contract, 
my genius of the week. I, there was some. There was a thread on the Texas A&M board. I didn't want to post anything from it, but they were essentially essentially saying that they sh- should do the same thing to Jimbo. That they oh wanted to set Good Jimbo Lord. up exactly. That they wanted to set Jimbo up the same way so they could get rid of him. Well, wasn't there a post where a, a Michigan State fan suggested that Michigan was behind this or something? Like they had yeah. set it up or something like that? There were a few, and I, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I think Michigan would actually want the opposite. I know. It, it made no sense to me. They they want him to be there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think everybody wants him to be there, but Michigan State <laughs> right. fans. Another case of thinking with the wrong head, am I right? Got to make Joy uncomfortable before we even get to the post this week. I'm currently in an argument in the MBG chat, so um, thanks for going. <laughs> she's, she's not even listening to us. All right, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to want to give a quick shout-out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross-promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new show drop last week, just fantastic as always. They discussed Clemson Duke, We Fence, a crazy Pac-2 scenario, the weekly ACC Network rundown, the commission's ULM bet, and much more. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. In their most recent show, they welcomed our friend Chris Marler to discuss Texas versus Bama, LSU hooping the bed, Horny Hugh Freeze, Wyoming Raiding the Raiders, and their Slander U Lock of the Week. So check both those shows out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This, this week's guest wears a number of different hats. He's a notary public. He's a published author. Most importantly, he's a youth football coaching legend. He's also one of the best followers on Twitter, where you can find him at 3-Year Letterman. Coach, welcome to the show, man. How are y'all doing? Doing great. <laughs> doing great, Coach. Good, good. Glad good to, to be you. here. Glad to have you. You know, I love message boards. <laughs> <laughs> is there any, is there, are there any such thing as youth football message boards? I actually had, a, <laughs> I had, okay, on this point, I forgot to talk about this, but I actually had a post from a high school football message board in Ohio a few weeks ago. I don't know if you guys saw it, but so I was wondering. Are there any youth football message boards? I I have had them all shut down. I mean, let, here's here's my philosophy. The the only good, the, the, nothing good can come of a bunch of parents getting on there, sharing stories about me making the players practice without water or doing Oklahoma drills in the parking lot. God forbid they tag, you know, the child and human welfare department or something like that. I, nothing good can come of it. And my practices are always closed to the media, closed to parents. And so I hide, you know how you can hire people like to wipe any evidence of you online. I just hired someone to shut all those youth football message boards down. So I don't tolerate no, that. No, no one should. No armchair quarterbacking of the coach. No. <laughs> all right, coach, before. Before hey, Jim, Jimbo Fisher might want that guy's number. I don't know. Don't give well, it to I, he, I, he, so he's a friend of my cousin, Shane. And, you know, Shane is is very much plugged into the counterfeit goods uh, market in Northeast Georgia. 
if you, if you need a Jeff Blauser jersey, that's who you turn. And this is a guy who he used to do deals with. This guy, uh, he sold um, baseball cards out of his Saturn um, behind Burger King. And you could get, you remember the 1989 Ken Griffey rookie card? Oh, you who could doesn't? Get that, it, yeah, it was like 10% of the normal cost. Now, Griffey was misspelled on it. But... <laughs> So, but if you need something scrubbed from the internet, he'll take care of you. It's good to have connections, coach. It is. It is. The best the best connections. I have never seen who's not be able to breathe this early on in the show. Yeah, usually it takes me a while. Yeah, I'm trying to hold it together. All right, so before we get to the message board post, we thought we'd kick things off by just going around the horn and each of us would ask you a quick question and just let you cook. So, Casey, you want to lead off for us here? Yeah, Coach, I got to apologize because my questions tend to be long-winded, so just hang with me for a second. In 1985, this is a great day. This wasn't a great day in history, the day we're, we're, we're recording, but there was a great day in history in 1985 where a great American named Jim Melody in Brandon, Florida, came up with this wonderful idea to open up a restaurant concept of a family-friendly Irish pub. This great American happened to unfortunately pass away in 2002 after opening 88 of these Mecca locations. You know the story, I'm sure. By 2005, 183 of these locations of this eatery span 19 states. You know this place well. It's known as Beef O'Brady's. We hear about your corner booth regularly, but I've always been so curious about your go-to meal. Having b- lived in Tampa and seen and been to plenty, I just didn't know what you were ordering so that I can follow that up. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing the story of, of Beef O'Brady's. In my opinion, you know, after kids are taught about the founding fathers and, and Ben Franklin, you know, inventing electricity and freedom when he was president, they need to learn the history of Beef O'Brady's because how can you know? the history of America without knowing the history of America's greatest restaurant. So I, you know, I, I thank you for bringing that up, but um, you know, the question, what is my go-to order? I, I almost feel bad about sharing this because, you know, it's going to make people feel a little bit less fortunate because they're, they're not going to be able to get access to the same uh, items I do, but I actually order off menu a little bit at Viva Brady. So As you should. The, at, of course. The loaded nachos, um, which are on menu, are outstanding. But what they do for me that they won't do for anyone else is I always get a quadruple order of, of uh, with quadruple steak on it. Oh. Um, but the steak has got to be, this is the difference, 100% beef-fed beef. Uh, oh. No one else who dines there can get that. Um, I don't want grass-fed beef. That's practically a salad. So... <laughs> That's my go-to order. That's awesome. Can I tell anybody that that I know you there on 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 Highway sixty there yeah. in uh, Ruskin? Yeah, you just oh. drop my name. Say Coach Letterman sent you. I will. Thank you'll you. get. You'll get. They will bring out a shot uh, and an app of your choosing. So happy you're here today. Yeah. All right, Joy. What do you have? <laughs> Very professional oh, operation we have here. <laughs> I'm losing it. That you're losing it. We'll be all right. Oh god, I never. We'll get, we'll get through it. Oh, I'm usually the one that holds it together and calls all y'all morons. All right, coach. 
So I know that you are a diehard Georgia Bulldog fan. And I live in the great state of Georgia. Um, obviously, I'm not a Georgia fan. But there has yet to be a place that I can go where someone somewhere doesn't bark at me. Good. And I was just curious to know if you could tell me. <laughs> Okay, I was just curious to know if you could tell me when or if there's an inappropriate time or place to bark at someone. No, no, that's the, that is the easiest question. That's you will a stupid answer all question, night. Joy. There, there is no. And, and let me I, I, let me. I need to destroy a couple of um, what I feel like are uh, norms that society goes by without really thinking about it. Um, there is no inappropriate place to bark at someone. Have I barked at someone at a funeral? Of course. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, even if it was the person in the casket. <laughs> Being an Auburn fan is that's not acceptable. And, it, you know, they talk about how we tend to sanctify the dead. I, I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I wouldn't be barking at that guy if he was still alive. So, I mean, look, I, 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 he should he should really be um, honored that I continue to treat him the same dead as he was alive. Um, there's So that's perfectly fine. Uh, a wedding, obviously, goes without saying that's a perfectly fine time to bark in the middle of church. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, if people can shout amen. Uh, you know, and no right. one thinks anything about it. Why? Why can't you bark? Um, uh, and, and look, there's no. You can bark at at literally anybody you want to. In my opinion, it's appropriate. I once barked at uh, my nephew. Um, I was allowed to see him in the hospital about an hour after, and his mother is Georgetown. And so, um, you know, I what better way to start your life than to learn that you're going to be losing to Georgia for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I've barked at, on the other hand, back in the, the late nineties, they had, they were honoring a, a world war one veteran um, at Sanford stadium. It turned out this guy uh, had gone to Clemson. And so I barked at him too. I mean, I, you know, whatever, like I, you know, I, I'm real, I'm happy that, you know, he fought on the Somme or whatever it was, but, you know, that doesn't give him the right to come into Sanford Stadium wearing orange. So you can bark at anyone, anytime, for any reason. That's, that's my view. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, all right. So, Coach, I've seen firsthand that a lot of people have trouble accepting the truth bombs that you drop on Twitter. I was wondering if you have a favorite out of the accounts who have blocked you. Uh I would say that my favorite of all the ones who have blocked me, and there there are a lot of good ones. You know, you can go with Chip Jones, Joel Osteen. I mean, a, a wide variety of people. Lincoln Riley. I mean, I, it just spans the gamut. But I would say that my favorite one who has barked, who has blocked me, and it, it's really the story behind it, is Senator Lauren Boebert of of Colorado. She, I don't even remember what she did, but she was making some reference to Kevin Costner and being in Dances with Wolves. I, I don't know. But I, I, as you know, I own over 700 DVDs. And so if I see misinformation online, I'm going to correct it. And so I had to step in and I said, Senator, something along the lines of not to be that guy. I was very, very respectful. But 
Jeff Bridges is the one who starred in Dances with Wolves. And you know what? Rather than saying thank you for correcting that bit of misinformation in a very professional and respectful way, she argued with me. She argued with me. She argued with me about calling her senator. She argued with me about <laughs> Jeff Bridges being in Dances with Wolves. And then I had to put her in her place by pointing out the size of my DVD collection. And she blocks me, which clearly is a violation of the First Amendment, too. So that's that's probably my favorite uh, so far. <laughs> I don't know how they can anybody can challenge you on on the DVD collection. Yeah, people like do. You haven't seen Dances with Wolves? I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jeff Bridges was in it. End of story. <laughs> MBG, what do you have? Well, we already we already talked about one of my questions was message boards for youth football leagues. I'm glad to hear those are shut down. But I'm assuming that you still kind of What's the word I'm looking for? You 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 kind of shine your knowledge on message boards for college message boards or maybe NFL message boards. Kind of share, you know, your expertise as a coach. Is that something you do? Oh, absolutely. I do that all the time. Usually to put people in their place and lecture them. But you know, I've been on the UGA message boards for you know a long time. Uh, you know, well over a decade and. Um, you know, I'm not above telling, you know, people in my own fan base to get their act together. Um, I mean, you would be surprised at how many anti-barkers there are in the UGA fan base. It's, 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 it's frankly disgusting. But my, <laughs> my goal is to, you know, put people back on the right path. And the same thing with, uh, you know, with coaching, too. I, I view it as, look, I only have so long on earth and my football brain is not really something that anyone has seen before. And I look, I, I have an obligation to share that with everybody. Have you ever sent like an email or maybe even a certified letter to Kirby smart or anything with some oh, insight? All the, all the time, all the time. <laughs> so I cannot tell you how many voicemails that I have left at the athletic department um, with strategic suggestions for him. You know, I don't know if you remember, but in the Ohio State game, there was this critical moment where Ohio State was about to run a fake punt and Kirby called a timeout because, quote, he spotted it. You know who spotted that? It was me. I left him a voicemail about it the week before, about when I had been watching film of, of Ohio State for weeks, and I was the one who identified that and left the left a voicemail for him. Now, I, I love Kirby. I think he's a great coach. He has yet to acknowledge uh, the role that I have played <laughs> in the team's success. Um, and, you know, I, I take some offense to that. But I'm going to keep doing it. I I, you know, I don't want to give away any secrets in case Shane Beamer is watching this, but I left him <laughs> a very, very detailed message this week about how I would use Brock Bowers as a running back against uh south carolina so if you see that you know who who's behind it <laughs> keep an eye on that well you know who i know could use some advice from you coach there's a certain coach in tuscaloosa that seems to have lost a step over the last uh i don't know week i guess nursing home nick <laughs> yeah nursing, <laughs> nursing home nick 
You know, no, I don't. I, I, I don't know if you'd ever impart any of your knowledge on Coach Saban, or no, is that something I, you'd do? No, I would never help him out. No one is a more sinister agent of the anti-UGA deep state than Nick Saban. No one. And I, you know, I said before the season, I, I called, I started calling him nursing home Nick. And I said he was past his prime, uh, that his time had come. And then lo and behold, look who's right. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm happy to help out almost anyone. Hugh Freeze blocked me and DMZ <laughs> before blocking me. But you know what? I would help out Hugh. I would help him out. But not Nick Saban. Never. Uh, well, it's good that you're ahead of the curve. Um, Alabama fans are just starting to figure out what you already knew, I think. Um, I don't know if yeah. you watched the game Saturday. I'm sure you took some, uh, some solace in watching uh, the Texas-Alabama game. But Alabama fans did not. They had kind of a rough go. Um, so I wanted to read through some of these meltdown posts. Every week we kind of do the best meltdown of the week. We did South Carolina. We did USC. And this week, I think the best meltdown of the week was hands down Alabama, something we haven't seen for a while. And so these are some of the posts as, as the game was ongoing. These are some of the posts from Alabama fans. These were on Bama, Bama Online. We had a fan say, been a great run, fellas. I've enjoyed all these years. Next guy, Treadman, says, I cannot even defend this ass whooping. Uh, Footlong says, Bama elite defense. Bring Pete Golding back. Steel is awful. Uh, you know what I, I said when Pete Golding left that when he had access to better talent at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, who follows me on Twitter, Nick Saban does not because he's not on Twitter, but I knew that Pete Golding would flourish once he got away from Tuscaloosa. Yeah, Golden also must have seen the writing on the wall. Yeah. Did you text him? Pete, Pete Golding? All yes, the sir. time. Of course. Did you see his picture? You think that guy isn't related to me? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's basically my Uncle Gary if my Uncle Gary was 25 years younger. So that's that's Pete. Um, So I'm the one I'm the one that told him to get out and to go with someone who respects my knowledge like Lane Kiffin and it's going to benefit him. So as the game went on, and I think they fell down 10 points there in the fourth quarter, uh, they kind of threw in the towel here. One Bama fan said, we need, we need Coach Prime. Uh, another one said, time for Nick to hang it up. Another one said, time for him to go to his lake house. And this was my, one of my favorites. Another guy said, Saban only won because of talent. Uh, spelled T-A-L-A-N-T, talent. <laughs> that was the you only reason Nick Saban ever won. I, I... – I hate to say anything nice about an Alabama fan, but the fact that he is incapable of spelling talent correctly um, to me is very impressive. Um, Because (laughs) today we have way, way too many football quote unquote fans and their, their children who are too focused on literacy they're too focused on learning and they're not focused enough on winning. And so say what you will about Alabama fans. Do they cheat? Of course they do. Will they <laughs> use the tools of the government and the media to get any advantage? Yes, they will, but they are committed to winning and they do not care one whit about literacy. And for that, I applaud them. 
So would this be, if he had kids, would you go looking for this poster to make sure or to see if he had children to maybe come play on your squad? Of course. Of course. I I mean, the fact that he's an Alabama fan, I'm indifferent to that when it comes to winning on my youth football. You can be a fan of anybody. Um, except uh, except for an Ivy League team, I, I have no no rule. But no patience for that. Yeah. I, I ab- this is exactly. I mean, you want to you want some inside baseball on how to recruit kids. The less literate their parents are, the better the kid is as a player. I mean, it's almost a one to one ratio in that regard. I mean, my best players are the ones that uh, sign their name with an X. It, I mean, that, that's just the truth. <laughs> And so the better that someone can read, the better they can spell, I, I guarantee you they're going to be useless on the field. So I would absolutely be very interested in, you know, in this gentleman's uh, son. If he's got a son, I guarantee you that that kid has a vacant sociopathic look. He's probably a <laughs> disciplinary problem in school. Um, probably the teachers are afraid of him. And that's who you want on your defensive line, okay? Not some kid who's... Uh, on the, the quote honor roll, uh, that's not what I'm looking for. And if you can't spell talent, that means you probably actually have talent. <laughs> I, I Speaking of, I thought of you earlier today. This is a side note, but I, there was a post that I tweeted out from the Big Spur South Carolina board where a poster actually proposed that maybe they, it was time for them to start diverting some of the funds that they were using for academics into the football program. I thought that was a pretty I, smart idea. I, I agree. I mean, I would I, look academic budgets, endowments. Those are made to be rated to support the athletic department. I mean, what what good is that money going to do? That's sitting in an academic endowment, uh, paying for a bunch of beakers in in the science <laughs> lab. I mean, who cares? When's the last time you saw a beaker win a championship <laughs> ring? Never. So I fully support You're not defunding. Gonna get any- the, you know, they talk about the. I I want to make it clear. I I do support a type of defunding, and that is defunding academics immediately. And you take that money and you put it into the football program. I agree. I think I think that's the smartest thing a South Carolina fan has ever said. Ever. <laughs> I think so. so. All right. Jean, quick note on the Alabama thing. Do you remember um, you had some posts back in January when Golding left? Do you remember how excited uh, oh, Alabama they, fans were when he was on his All band? they wanted all year long was all they wanted was for Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien to get out of Dodge. Yeah. So they, I, I pulled a couple of them. One of them just said, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. And, and, uh, <laughs> another one, my favorite one said, Bryce would have easily won back-to-back Heisman Heisman's if Saban had fired Golden's drunk ass. So yeah, they were <laughs> just a few months ago. They were very excited to get rid of him. Yeah, funny how that works, huh? Well, speaking of tough losses, Joy, we're not going to let Joy forget about LSU's loss to Florida State, even though it was what? over a week ago now. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently it came out later on that Florida State was cheating, and that's probably why LSU lost. I don't know. Did you guys see what, what the allegation was as to what Florida State was doing? Oh, I saw Grab legs. Oh, yeah. You know, they were wearing Apple Watches. So we mm. got this guy, the Lawn Wranglers on uh, Tiger Rant, 
was concerned that they were wearing wearing Apple watches. And then you had some of his pals there uh, respond and said, look, if you have coaches communicating by texting a coverage before snap, then that would be an issue. It could be number coded before snap and even in huddle. Definitely chicken shite if any communication was happening during plays. And it says it's clearly visible in pictures accompanying the article. Why the hell would you need an Apple Watch during the game unless you were using it to gain an advantage? And old Gumbo Jambalaya finishes this off and says, what if they were using it to communicate with the coaches in the booth? So one thing that I've learned is that LSU doesn't ever really lose games. I mean, last year they played Tennessee and Tennessee won, but we found out later that Tennessee was using some electromagnetic pulses was actually throwing LSU off. Um, and so that's one thing that we learned about Joy's LSU squad is they've never really lost straight up, fair and square. Fair, Joy? You know what's not fair? The fact <laughs> that Utah State's program is so poor that, like, no one even comments about it. So my team gets dogged all the time and Casey's team gets dogged all the time because they're relevant. So instead we just get <laughs> on every podcast. That's what happens. Well, you got Joy to cuss, MBG. Good work. Well, Joy, we scored 78 points last week, but let's that's beside the point, okay? The who? The Louisiana School for the Deaf and the Blind? No, Joy, come on. I, I, <laughs> the Idaho State Bengals, all right? The who? But Exactly. Let's stick on point because really what we're talking about is cheating and whether or yeah. not that's, that's okay. Uh, and, it, of course. Of yeah, course. if you're not cheating, you're not trying. It, I, I agree. And, and, you know, it's like in the old days in baseball where someone would – you know, put Vaseline on the ball or something like that. It's just part of the cat and mouse game. And I view it the same way. Was Florida State cheating? Of course they were. That, that's why that, that program exists to cheat. You have to know that if you're LSU. And so if, if you think that they're going to have their Apple Watches there, you have to scramble all the cell signals, which is what I do before every single <laughs> youth football game. Okay. I have a buddy who works in the, you know, for a local cell phone tower installation company. And he goes up there and he scrambles the signals so that I don't have to worry about opposing coaches, texting people during the game, getting inside information. So I, you know what, I bring that, I blame that on Brian Kelly. And this is what happens when you bring a Northerner who's trying to quote, play by the rules down South is they're just going to get out Fox by those of us who are down here and know that you have to cheat to win. And so I don't doubt that that FSU was cheating. I mean, what, who 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 even wants an Apple Watch anyway, if not to gain some sort of advantage? So I think that they were right. And you know what? I applaud FSU for cheating. And I, my criticism is with LSU for stop for not stopping it. You know, I, if there's one thing I've learned about LSU in recent years, it's that we just don't cheat hard or well enough. You know, Will Wade got fired because right. he just didn't cheat well enough, and Brian yeah. Kelly on the same trajectory we just haven't figured out how to do it well and that's i'm disappointed in my school for that we were able to get money from a children's hospital but we don't know how to cheat on the football field i'm I'm disappointed in them too i would very much recommend that brian kelly you know follow me listen a little bit more to what i have to say look i once faked my own death to get a game (laughs) delayed by a week okay (laughs) Because I needed to get a player back who was not available. He was sick with the stomach bug. He was a key player. So I faked my own death. Have I changed players? Have I altered their birth certificates? 
so that I could get players who are 15, 16 years old eligible to play in 10 and under? Of course I have. Of course I have. And I don't apologize for that. That's that's called trying to win. So I is LSU is not cheating hard enough, and that's a problem. They should, And fans shouldn't be putting up with that. It's not really, cheating unless you get caught, you know? That's right. It's not. It's not. And that's – look, that's why I have – my cousin Brad, the workers' comp attorney, um, on my <laughs> sidelines at all times. You know what? Guy passed the bar exam after I don't know fourth, fifth try, um, and look at him now, thriving, thriving. Yep. Yes, thriving. He actually um, had also the greatest ad campaign ever. He, the guy, loves to raise the roof. He he did an ad that is raise the roof on your workers' compensation claim. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Now, now, granted, he got suspended from practicing law shortly thereafter for a couple things. We're not going to go into. to the best of us. But, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's thriving. You're exactly right. Yeah, I mean, really, there's no one sharper than a workers' comp attorney. In my experience, there's no one more shrewd than a good workers' comp attorney to maybe have bounce some things off of uh, when you're talking oh, about Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who will turn anything into being workplace related, it's my cousin Brad. <laughs> I mean, you can be off, get you can get hammered on the weekend and get injured while you're drunk fishing, and he'll figure out a way to say that it's workplace related. Don't you? Can you worry. give me his? Can you give me his number? Because I have a, I'm in a toxic work environment. I could use. Well, I, de- definitely, it, okay. it it was disconnected. For <laughs> Because they turned off his cell phone, but it, it may be back on by now. Let me check and see. Okay. This happens from time to time. Okay. Cash, cash flow, cash flow issues. We'll it's a normal we'll part of practicing law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Everything's done by email nowadays, anyways. Um, <laughs> okay, I agree. I agree. So hit him up. Trail. I don't hit, want to you can trail. hit him up at at Brad the Workers Comp Attorney at Hotmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> The lawyer jokes get me every time. Coach, uh, just for just for reference for you, out of the four of us, we have forty years of of law experience. So that's that's, well, that's that's pathetic. But whatever, everybody chooses their own path. We're all workman comp attorneys. Let's, if we can, let's switch gears a little bit, uh, Coach, because I'm curious. On your team, is there a certain kind of player that you look for on your team, some qualities or characteristics that you look for specifically in a player? Yes. We we talked a little bit about the educational aspect, but, you know, more of a physical aspect or a kind of a personality character aspect. Personality, like I said earlier, if the more sociopathic the player comes across, uh, I, you, you could call that a personality trait or absence of one. You don't have a personality on my team, okay? I, I'm the personality. So if I have a kid who's a little bit sociopathic, that's fine. You know, I, I can I can channel that into aggression. Um, I want a kid with a documented history of violence at school and outside <laughs> of school. So we definitely need that, you know. And in terms of an attitude, I want the kind of kid that says, yes, coach, you know, if I, once I, you know, just to test a kid said, go, go push grandma out of the, ch- out of the wheelchair. And he said, yes, he said, yes. Now, <laughs> did he go through with that? 
No, because <laughs> someone stopped him. But <laughs> to me, it it showed his loyalty. And if you're not willing to dump uh, your grandparent out of a wheelchair for me, then you don't need to be on my team. So loyalty is a big one, too. I love that. And, I mean, we talked about Joy's team, LSU, but Casey's team, Clemson, I mean, it seems like they need some players like that. They do. They do. I mean, they are desperately in need of violent players. I mean, you know, this the Jesus message from Dabo um, has obviously been turned the other cheek. Um, Dabo evidently didn't read the part about where, you know, Jesus loses his mind and flips all the tables over. Like, channel that <laughs> if that's what you're going to do. Okay? Yeah, there was a there was a poster on the Clemson message board, G Triple. I don't know. He might be uh, – I mean, he's kind of in the same lane as you. He had the same thought. He said, we just need one thug at wide receiver. I don't care if they wear a chain and have gold teeth. Uh, somebody has got to have an arrogant belief that they are going to dominate on every play. And then he comes back and he says, you know, you know what is wrong? We have a bunch of – coaching and playing not a single person on our entire roster or staff has an inkling of swag so is this kind of what you're saying does Dabo have your phone number coach he might need a couple players or two yes he does I have fed a couple of players into his program for my youth football team before so most of the major coaches other than Nick Saban um, have my number and call me all the time uh, and and Dabo is no different. I mean, uh, you know, Dabo is is not afraid to cut a cut a few corners if he needs to, um, and he knows that there's nobody better to talk to than me. Um, but uh, look, he's lost his way clearly, um, and I agree with this fan that what you need is a walking thermonuclear bomb at wide receiver. <laughs> That's what I was when I was in high school. I was the most devastating downfield block and wide receiver <laughs> in the history of the state of Georgia. And it's evident that that's what Clemson needs at this point is somebody like myself, somebody who's willing to lead with the head, go for the knees. <laughs> that's what you need. Go for the throat. Not somebody who's going to stand out there and play patty cake with the opposing defensive back. And that's, that's what Clemson has right now. Uh, and that's why you lose to Duke. I mean, Duke, I, I, I mean, how pathetic is that? I mean, you lose for a school that openly celebrates academics. Um, <laughs> that, that, that should be completely unacceptable. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that Duke professor was going to make the quarterback do his homework? You know what? That guy should be fired. He should be <laughs> fired immediately. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that you have to do that anyone has to do homework anywhere. You know what the homework is? Reading the playbook. That's the homework. God, I love it. Amen. I love it. By the way, on that tweet that I had those Clemson posts, there was one tweet. Someone quote tweeted it and said this. Uh, his name was Mike Rowe uh, at the real underscore J Rowe. He said, and this is in quotations, we already have a thug on our team. Not the one you're thinking about. Our thug is the holy and untouchable God. <laughs> Dabo probably. <laughs> the ultimate swag. I think that's your, that's your problem, Casey, right there, because I think you hit the nail on the head. Hold on. I have to pick my head up out of my hands. <laughs> All right, let's finish this off. We got one last post. This comes from the dog vent. The title of this post says, Coach, you might have some interest in this post. It says, someone needs to say it, so I will. Kids shouldn't be allowed in Sanford Stadium. 
And then I, it says, I've honestly had enough of this. Last Saturday, I was screaming profanities at Mike Bobo after he called that run on the first in the first half on first and goal with 15 seconds left and no timeouts. Just doing my job as an informed fan, right? Nope. Some, some Ned Flanders looking clown started asking me to watch my language in front of his five and seven year old sons and complained to stadium staff when I then swore at him and told him to shut the hell up. This needs to stop. Sanford Stadium shouldn't be family friendly. Families should should hate setting foot in there because it should be an atmosphere of intimidation and fear for our opponents and their fans and ban church youth groups or senior groups from attending while we're at it. If you want to spend Saturday with your kids, go to Chuck E. Cheese. I'll be in Sanford Stadium focusing on winning. Thoughts? It's perfect because I love it. <laughs> I, look, I've, there, I I don't think there's a lot of secret that I am firmly opposed to anything that is family-friendly at all that has to do with college football. That is not the purpose of the college football game is not for you to bring your snot-nosed seven-year-old so that he can spill a Coke on me while I'm trying to get the bourbon bottles out of my pocket <laughs> that I brought in. I shouldn't have to watch my language around around your son. I mean, look, the per as fans, our job is to make the experience for opposing fans as miserable as possible. That includes barking at them. That includes using profanity if we need to. And for me, that includes giving them swirlies in the upper deck restroom <laughs> of Sanford Stadium. Okay. That's, that's what I do. And the problem, you know, I, don't, I actually don't have a problem with kids being there if they were getting the right message. If kids were there and parents were looking at me and saying, son, you see Coach Letterman over there? That's what you need to aspire to. You need to use profanity. You need to bark at opposing fans. You need to, when you're physically able, to give them a swirly. But the problem is you have people that come and complain. They try and get me kicked out. I mean, I've had to change the name on, on my driver's license. I don't know how many times to get back into Cypress. <laughs> So that was my next question. Last week, Casey told us he had been kicked out of uh, Jordan Hare Stadium. So I was wondering if you'd ever been kicked out of any stadiums. Yes, I have been kicked out of other than Texas A&M, which I have never been to. I've been kicked out of literally every stadium in the SEC um, for a variety oh boy. of offenses. Even Missouri? Uh, even Missouri. <laughs> even Missouri. I mean, so I went to the game back in uh, 2012, and I was dissatisfied with my seats. So I went down <laughs> to, the view wasn't good, so I went down to the Mizzou alumni section. And when a couple of older people got up and left, I went and sat down in their seats and then refused to move when they came back because I had established my, my dominance. I had established <laughs> what my cousin the workers' comp attorney would call Water's rights. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wasn't going to get out of the way. And it wasn't until the pepper spray came out that I was finally subdued and taken out of the stadium. So, uh, no, I've, I've been kicked out of Mizzou. I'm not allowed there either. Coach, I saw a, a, quote, a quote tweet of this tweet that said, uh, freedom of speech does not give you the right to ruin other people's time at the game. I was wondering if you had any thoughts I, about that. I, I disagree with that. Um, <laughs> the First Amendment 
gives me the right to say whatever I want to, whenever I want to, free of consequences. Okay, that's what it says. That's it, it, literally what it says. Um, and I know that because Ben Franklin went into the Oval Office and sat down and wrote the First Amendment, literally, when he was president after a red coat tried to suppress his speech at a football game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, Coach, uh, and who's might be on the same page as me, but my first year of law school, I sat through an entire year of con law. And I probably learned more today from you on the First yeah. Amendment than I did in an entire first year of law school. So I appreciate it. I, I appreciate so. the education. And, and look, don't even get me started on diplomatic immunity. Um, so many people <laughs> online don't understand that diplomatic immunity means that the president and their family can do what they want to. Um, and I have to tell people that literally every day on Twitter. Yeah, I noticed that. So that's a basic misconception. Yeah, it is. And look, I don't, have... I don't condone getting diplomas, but one of the advantages is that with that comes diplomatic immunity. I'm sorry, that's what the law says. Is that true? Yeah, it's literally yeah. in the name, diplomatic immunity. Well. Thanks for joining us today, Coach. That was fantastic. Anytime. I have a headache from last. <laughs> coach, tell us where – I'm sure everyone that's listening knows, but tell us where we can find you. On all, do your socials. So you, can, you can find me on – the one place to find me is on Twitter or X or whatever he's calling it now, um, at the number three year letterman. I am on Instagram – but I don't know if my handle is the same. I don't know. Just go on there, look for some references to the Statue of uh, Statue of Liberty being the tallest man-made structure on Earth that was built by America, <laughs> and you'll find me. Your three-year underscore Letterman on Instagram. Okay, Th there you go. And Thank you. Best of luck to the team this year. I don't think you need luck, but um, I'll wish it on you anyways. Yeah, right. Bring home another ring, man. Always. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. <laughs> <laughs>